Welcome to the Boulder Body Mind Podcast, your local resource for all things health and wellness in Boulder, Colorado, the Front Range, and beyond. I'm your host, Christine Bellinger. My guest today is certified rolfer Jackie Ames of Sky and Ground. Jackie is not just a gifted rolfer, she also has many other healing talents, including family constellation facilitation and astrology. But for today's episode, we are talking strictly rolfing. So if you've always been curious about what rolfing is, or maybe you're already a rolfing believer, this episode is for you. Jackie and I get deep with our discussion on the role of fascia and the emotions. We talk about the importance of presence and what it means to be in and connected to your body. Additionally, Jackie breaks down common misconceptions surrounding this effective and somewhat mysterious bodywork art. I'm so excited to share this great conversation with you. Please visit Jackie's website, skyandground.com, for more information about her work and her upcoming events. For now, please enjoy Jackie Ames. Welcome to the Boulder Body Mind Podcast. I'm here today with Jackie Ames of Sky and Ground Rolfing and Astrology. She is also a family constellation facilitator. Welcome to the show, Jackie. Thank you. I'm excited to do this. I'm excited to have you. So before we talk about what rolfing is and what you do, I want to talk a little bit about your background. Mm-hmm. What led you on your path? to health and healing as a career? Uh, So I'll I'll try to keep this succinct because it could be a really long story, but essentially I was um, one of those exploding teenagers. So just (laughs) (laughs) truly, truly a troubled teen and not really a danger to anybody else, but um, uh, really potentially a danger to myself. And so I made a decision that was pretty clear cut in my early 20s that I could either be identified with being wounded for the rest of my life, or I could see if the world would meet me halfway in crafting a life that I actually wanted and being whole and happy and well. Um, So I I took a a pretty radical turn of like, let me see if I can heal some stuff. Um, Born out of the angst, that teen angst. Born out of, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, (laughs) a lot of angst. Had no idea what I was doing with my life. and, you know, and some trauma. Um, yeah, and, and that that's kind of a general mm-hmm. introduction. The introduction to body work was probably more the fact that the circles I started hanging out with, which were kind of new age circles of various age ranges, had a handful of people who were like in their 40s, 50s, 60s, um, who were massage therapists, and they liked their jobs. <laughs> And they, what a novel concept. And they made their own hours. And I was like, this is intriguing. <laughs> so I was a massage therapist first. And that, that was the, that's, that's the shortened backstory there. So when, so when you're kind of like breaking out of this, like, okay, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to like turn this darkness into light type mentality. 
did you experience body work uh, as like a modality? I, I did. I did. Um, I think the first major impact that I had in that sense was actually through yoga. Um, I remember the first yoga class I took um, was with actually with a friend who was had just learned to become a yoga teacher and it was still a full-on class there was like 10 to 15 of us and I was in tears I was I was it was so radical at that time for me to be in my body and how old were you I'm gonna guess 21 in the 20s yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's about when I started doing yoga too yeah it was just profound just mind blowing. Yeah, and and I mentioned that first because um, I also had a, my first massage, probably in that time range, and I couldn't handle it. It was too much to be touched by somebody else at that point for me. Um, so the yoga was a little bit safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So coming from that background, that probably makes you a lot more sensitive to others' needs when you are doing body work, and you know, I just. Yeah. Because you've been there and you know what it's it's like to kind of... Speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would hope so. I would hope so. I mean, you know, I'm certainly tuned into when people are, I'll say, vacating their bodies on the table. Um, and what does that typically look like? What do you see? Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a going deadness. There's a loss of affect. There's a loss of response. Dissociation type thing? Or? You know, there's that... Too. There's, like, different... There's different yeah. ways it can happen. There are the people who, like... Uh, I'm just going to start talking more. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people who kind of distract themselves. And then there's a, and, and this was more what I was doing on the table in that first massage. Um, of, of like, I, I think I'm going to stay with the, with the going dead analogy. It's like a, a, a fight, fight, flee, freeze, freeze <laughs> play dead. Mm-hmm. I think these are, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a limpness. And so I'll actually ask somebody when that happens, I'll take my hands off of somebody and I'll ask them to, you know, can you reach into your heel? Can you like bring your presence back into that mm-hmm. leg or and whatever back into their body and back into take a the breath. room with you? And to, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Holding the breath always seems like to me, that's like the, one the biggest, biggest one that jumps out is like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We're really, really shallow breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the holding the breath. Yeah. And there's different versions of that. There's, there's the vacating the body and then there's, um, I'm going to be really tough and take this pressure even though it's too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So you started hanging out with these cool kind <laughs> of cool elders <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and they were body workers and were they doing yoga too? Is that like, was the yoga thing, did that kind of. Yeah, it, kind of, it, it, it was woven in there. Mm-hmm. It was woven in there. Um, and was this in Boulder? Or no, in? I, was, I was in Delaware. Was oh, okay. in Delaware. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, just, just um, uh, kind of to clarify, the, the circles I was running in were um, basically this kind of independent school called the Seventh Academy um, that was started by somebody who was almost like a surrogate dad to me. He kind of took me under his wing. Um, and he was my first astrologer. And he was also a professor, of, you know, taught world religions and philosophy at a university level and just started teaching classes to the public. So this whole community gathered around him, like studying the world, world religions and philosophy and astrology and healing. And 
cool. And I was the administrator <laughs> of that little school for a few years, so I got to come for free. Uh -huh. and, yeah. And so you started kind of finding your niche and kind of finding yourself too, I imagine, on this. Yeah, there journey. was yeah. There um, was a lot of shedding of um, uh, you know, protective identities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then so you decided to go to massage therapy school uh -huh. at what age? Oh, uh, 27. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that was also in Delaware? Or that was also in Delaware. Also in Delaware. Okay. Yeah. And then what? how did you get introduced to rolfing? Yes. So um, I went to, well, one of my favorite body workers actually sent me to a continuing ed class for massage therapists, but taught by rolfers. Mm. And my experience of being in that class was just like, oh my gosh, this is so natural for my hands. I'm seeing amazing results with a, not, as, not, not a lot of work. Um, and at one point in one of those classes, one of the teachers like elbowed me a little bit and was like, you could do this. You know, like, <laughs> like one of those winks from the universe, like you have our blessing. Mm. Um, and it felt like that. It felt like my whole body was like, oh, I could do this. And it's, it's been, um, I've probably told you this outside of this conversation, um, but it's, it's just a better fit for me. It's mm -hmm. just a more, I'm authentically more of a rolfer than I am a massage therapist. It's I, not, think it, yeah. I think it takes a while to find that thing um, as a body worker, like even like my experience in the physical therapy world is like, it takes a little time to find like your thing that you're like, okay, this, this works for me. This is intuitive for me. Mm -hmm. um, and once you find it, it's like, boom. Yeah. You know? For sure. Just things start accelerating very quickly yeah. and you get deeper and it just feels right. The results are better because yes. you're doing something mm -hmm. natural for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I felt like I was stretching to fit myself into a massage therapist's identity mm -hmm. or, or suit or whatever. And um, Rolfing was like a homecoming. It was like, oh, good. Okay, here we are. Yeah. Cool. So there's a lot of people, I'm sure, listening to this that might have never been, had the experience of being rolfed. Right. Am I saying that right? Uh -huh. Being rolfed? Yep. yep. <laughs> um, and um, I think there's a lot of curiosity out there. Uh, when I was working in the clinic, I had a lot of patients ask me, they're like, what do you think of it? Um, I heard it hurts, like all these different things. Um, and I couldn't really tell them because I hadn't experienced it myself. Uh -huh. And I wanted to go experience it myself before I kind of gave right. them a, like a, an adequate representation. Opinion. Yeah, opinion of it. Yeah. And everything I read online, I still couldn't... Uh -huh. I didn't understand what exactly uh -huh. was going on. And people <laughs> would tell me their experiences, and, I'm, and I still didn't understand what exactly it was. And I think there's kind of this... Not like secrecy, but this like mystery, this like yeah. mystery to it. Yeah. And people are intrigued by that. Yeah. I was intrigued <laughs> by it. And and so can you just kind of break down what makes rolfing different than other types of body work? Yeah, and this could take this could take some time, <laughs> but um no, you're right. And I think one of the things that makes a difference is it's not just like techniques, it's not just a modality per se. There's like a whole philosophy behind it and 
Um, and the 10 series is its own offering within that that is pretty unique. Um, so, you know, myofascial release is our primary technique or tool, but there's a whole system around that. Um, I'll start with the name just because people are probably like rolfing, really, right? Or the, the, that's what we're calling this. <laughs> um, so it was developed, developed by um, Dr. Ida Rolf who was a biochemist um, and kind of a badass. She got her PhD in biochemistry from, I think from Columbia University University in 1926 against the wishes of her dad. So it was a very wow. headstrong yeah. individual. Um, and obviously, you know, a scientist, a biochemist, but she also had a real uh, mystical streak. And so I don't know if this was just more true um, at that time or not, but uh, she really didn't see science and mysticism being at odds. And so both of those things are woven into Rolfing in a really beautiful way. You can just kind of lay back on the tangible and the, the fact-driven and the research within Rolfing. Mm -hmm. And then there's also all this space for these other incredible things to happen, you know? I didn't realize that, she, like, she's really ahead of her time. Yeah. Yeah. And she was an old lady by the time Rolfing took off. It mm -hmm. was, um, you know, so... She developed it in the 30s and 40s. She had uh, worked on Georgia O'Keeffe quite a lot in the 40s. Oh, wow. Kind of famously. Yeah. Um, and she tried to get it into the medical community, but it didn't take off until she took it to the hippies. Mm -hmm. So it sort, of, it sort of like blossomed and spread, um, I think, at Esalen in, in California in the 60s. And then she started actually training people, and um, the Rolf Institute was born. Um, but yeah, she was ahead of her time and she was a very independent thinker and um, there's a lot of lore around her, mm -hmm. which is probably why there's still this mystique around Rolfing itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But so uh, to answer your question about how it's different from <laughs> other bodywork modalities. So, you know, we're really focused on um, the fascia, the connective tissue, um, which is interpenetrates everything in the body, right? So it's, it weaves right through muscle, right through tendon, ligament, bone, up to the level of the skin. Um, organs even. Organs yeah. even, it's ubiquitous yeah. in the body, it's everywhere. And so it's not that we're not thinking in terms of um, muscles, because of course you're touching bodies, you're working on muscles, but we're not just thinking in terms of muscles and we're not honestly considering those boundaries very much because when you are tracking a sheet of fascia, um, you know, sometimes the muscular boundary comes into play a little bit more and sometimes it just doesn't. Sometimes it's like, oh yeah, that sheet goes way over there, <laughs> you know? Um, so, so. I always like the analogy of like holding up like a physical, like a bed sheet yep. and then grabbing a, yes. a par portion of it and twisting it yeah. and you get these lines, these like, that's, uh -huh. that's, that's yep. fascia. That's, that's a good, uh -huh. um, image for people to think of like, okay, well, the problem might be over here, but you know, my symptoms are over here or like I'm feeling right. over here. Right. And right. There's a tangle in the sheet and it's yes. pulling all the way to the other side of the sheet. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it can be open and resilient and elastic. Uh, and it is the architecture of our body, right? Mm -hmm. So it has as much, if not more sometimes, um, impact on our structure as the skeletal system or the muscular system. You can't really separate the two. Mm -hmm. So it's a little artificial, but it's important to just point out, this is what creates the structure of our, our, of our body. Um, and that resilience, that elasticity is, is what you want, 
but um, we all have ways in which we have been pulled off center by life mm -hmm. and the body has to adapt. Um, so this is the most, um, this is the example that everybody just gets. So I use this example a lot. So for every inch in front of your body that your head is, head forward posture, right? For every inch in front, um, your neck is carrying an extra 10 pounds. Right? It's like carrying a heavy box far away from your body as opposed to close in, right? If you're carrying that box close in, the weight just goes down through your feet. Otherwise, your arms have to carry it. Um, so, so what Rolfers are always tracking is how is somebody's body in gravity, mm -hmm. right? I mean, the, the, the head analogy is just really easy to grok, mm -hmm. um, but that's everywhere, right? If your arches are collapsed and your ankle is collapsing inward, mm -hmm. what does that do upstream to your knees? What does it do upstream to your hips? So we're, we're really just looking at the flow of gravity in the body, which is a force we're in relationship to 24 seven, right? Yes. You're always in relationship it. with mother earth, unless you're an astronaut, right? And so that, that impact, it really matters. Mm -hmm. If your body is held in a way that is not supported by gravity, it's gonna get worn on by gravity. Mm -hmm. So what the body does, rather than letting the muscles of the neck try to carry that weight, that extra 10 pounds in the, in the head forward example, is it lays down extra connective tissue and it lays down restriction. So it's not open and elastic and resilient. It's, it's we're gonna lock this down. Um, and so you'll see, you know, that's um, one way you can think of that dowager's hump mm -hmm. um, is like, it's just, it's just extra tissue. There's not an extra muscle in there, Right. it's just, we're going to stabilize things because mm -hmm. we don't want to have to do it muscularly. Um, so, so again, that's just a really easy example for people to um, hear and, yeah, and get. That. Mm -hmm. But it, that can happen anywhere in the body. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's important to talk about the gravity piece to help people understand why this is a different form of body work. It's because most people aren't talking about that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, and, and it is called structural integration. Yeah. So it's it's not just creating these, like, short-term changes. It's meant to create longer-term yeah. changes because of how it yeah. integrates into yeah. the body. Yeah. Um, well, and, you know, so massage is probably the most well-known uh, bodywork modality. Um, and rolfing is also hands on a body, on a table. People get confused about the difference there. Um but yeah, that is one of the differences, is that we, the, the intention is um, not permanent change, because nothing in the body is permanent, but, but yeah, we can undo things that happened when you were seven, and guess what, if you don't have that bicycle accident again, again that you had when you were seven, you're not going to have that same thing necessarily come back. You might, I mean, you know, we get into patterns that get really set in the body, but sometimes stuff just doesn't come back, because we've finally addressed it. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason that massage uh, usually doesn't address that level is that, um, I mean, some, some massage therapists are trained in myofascial release, um, but they're not usually doing a full body uh, mm -hmm. integration. Mm -hmm. um, and also the, you know, the oil, just on a really practical level, the oils and gels and creams, mm -hmm. it's really hard to get traction and to get a, a fascial release when you're slipping all over the body. Right. It's, yeah. Mm. So you're, you're having more impact of, um, you know, increasing circulation and, and muscular release, but to get fascia to actually release, you kind of need to hook in a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
So creating pressure um, at certain points in the body and against these fascial planes really is just how the fascia releases. Yeah. It's just the right amount of tension and in the right area and... Yep. So that's really all. Well, and it's, and yes, and. I mean, there's, there is some magic to it, right? There's like, so much magic to it. Like, <laughs> and that's what I wanted to talk about next yeah. was kind of how, how the subtle body, how the energetic body kind of ties into all of this. Right. And, and the, you know, the release of, of these old energetic blockages or patterns that we have from mm-hmm. maybe a long time ago from traumas or stress. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's like such a big can of worms. I know, I know, way too much for like a half hour podcast. But no, but... it's fun to talk about anyway, and for sure. I mean, I think probably the most relevant and what I have the most experience with is is um, the emotional patterns that mm-hmm. get released. So I have body workers in my life, both mentors and colleagues, and you know, friends who will work with spirits when a body is on the table, they'll just like have an angel come into the room and tell them something and and I buy it and it's awesome. And I'm very physical, you know, like I'm not, um, yeah, the the energetic piece that I'm tuned into, it's largely physical and emotional. Mm -hmm. Um, so with the emotional stuff, uh, you know, there's, there's jokes about when you enter psychological trainings that, you know, are you still going to be married by the time you finish this training? <laughs> um, and I think the same. <laughs> my, my therapist told me that one. It was a psychosynthesis training thing. Um, but the same thing was floating around when I went to Rolfing School. Of like, yeah, at the end of this 10 series, um, are you still going to be married? Which is terrible marketing. Um, but what they mean is that it, it really is a phenomenal container within which to have transformation and I've seen that a lot I've seen that with my clients who don't even necessarily connect the two but maybe they were getting a 10 series and it just happened to be the moment in their life when they quit drinking or when they got a divorce Mm -hmm. or when they decided they needed to go to therapy or you know Mm -hmm. major or um it's like an went off meds they had been on since they were 12 Mm -hmm. you know uh it's it's synchronous. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Rolfing caused it by any means. There might be a back and forth. Um, but on some level, they just know I'm ready for change and I'm going to mm-hmm. do this. We'll change the body yeah. and the mind will follow. Um, it's That's like one of the tenets of all the major, like very influential yep. body, mind practitioners, like the big ones, like Moshe mm-hmm. Feldenkrais, and yeah. even like Joseph Pilates and... Yeah. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of people out there who started these amazing practices, and it's all based on that, like, change the body and, change, you know, yeah. the mind will follow. Yeah, and there's absolutely emotional material that gets locked in the body, and, you know, sometimes that's very specific, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's more general. You know, if you, you have somebody whose chest is collapsed in and they carry themselves kind of curled up, um, we as human beings just understand some of what that means emotionally. Mm-hmm. That that's a self-protective thing. That's maybe a lack of confidence. There's a deflation. Um, that could be just a long-term pattern. Uh, you might have somebody else. You know, I had a client who um, this this is just one of the most striking examples. Uh, and so I, I might have even shared this with you off the podcast as well. But I had a client who um, didn't tell me at the time, which was really like a little unsettling to hear this afterwards. 
But after the session, she said, um, you know, when you were working on my neck, I had trauma come up from an abusive relationship where I was choked. And I can't tell you how relieved I felt after the session. I'm just like, wow. Like, oh, thank God you felt relieved after the session. <laughs> you yeah. know? Usually people tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I can feel like uh, there's, there's some anger here, some grief or something. Sometimes I say it, sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they say it, sometimes they don't. And and one of the beautiful things about body work is I'm, I'm open to anything. I'm happy to hold space for whatever Cindy wants to say. Um, but I don't have to play, you know, therapist in that mm-hmm. sense. Right. right. I think you balance it well as being like, have been on the table yeah. with you. That sounds bad, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> Didn't mean it that way. <laughs> There was a good balance. I, I didn't feel like it was too, you know, when things came up, they came up. and yeah. But it wasn't, you weren't trying to, like, pull anything out or right. kind of, like, right. put anything together. Pro- process. Just, right, right. You just kind yeah. of held the space yeah. for those things to come to the surface and, and be processed and be, like, reintegrated into the body. Yeah. So, um, I think. I feel like you have, you have a really good balance. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like it that way. It's, um, it is just kind of trusting the client and the client's body to release what they're ready to release mm-hmm. and then meeting them with mm-hmm. that witnessing without necessarily have to having to, yeah, pull anything out yeah. or, or, yeah. So who is, who is rolfing for? Everyone? <laughs> is it for everyone? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> So my honest answer initially is that, like, in an ideal culture where money wasn't an issue and there were plenty of body workers, yeah, rolfing is for everyone. We all need it. We've all been tossed around by life. Um, I've never had anybody on the table and was like, oh, there's nothing to work on, you know? Yeah. Um, so like, but however, let me okay. give you some specifics. <laughs> um, so I get a lot of people for whom other stuff hasn't worked, mm-hmm. right? So... They've tried massage. They've tried chiropractic. They've mm-hmm. tried physical therapy. They've tried, you know, acupuncture, whatever else. And I love all those modalities. Um, but I get people for whom that has not worked. And mm-hmm. so maybe they're just tolerating at every morning their low back hurts a little bit. Or their feet hurt every morning. Or this neck pain that, yeah, it's kind of been there for three years, but I don't want to do anything about it because I've tried and just mm-hmm. given up. So people for whom nothing else has worked. Um, I, I, not always, but often, I get to be the missing link, and that is so gratifying, right? It's to, usually within one session you know if it's the right modality. And often within one session you can really um, help somebody with their pain. Mm-hmm. So, um, so people for whom other stuff hasn't worked, who are just tolerating aches and pains, and that is, that is an energy suck. And, uh, you know, like everything is a little, life is a little less bright when you're yes. just yes. dealing with pain all Whether day long, even if it's very subtle. Yeah, even if it's low-grade pain, it's still just like a, it's like a computer program running in the back, mm-hmm. background, just draining, draining that battery. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the first thing I tend to mention. Um, you know, we are focused on the posture. We are mm-hmm. focused on you know, some structure and gravity, we do this visual assessment. And, and so what that means for somebody walking around in the world is if you have somebody whose posture is just deteriorating and de- deteriorated over time, 
um, we can help turn back the clock a little bit. I was just thinking, like, elderly people who maybe have that, like, kyphotic brown bag posture that you've seen. Doesn't get better unless you do something about it. Right, right. And, and let me tell you, it can get a lot better. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, and, you know, you say elderly people, but I've well, had kids in their 20s who've got this crazy yeah, kyphosis going devices on. Devices and, yeah, yeah, technology is not. Yeah, and those 20-somethings, <laughs> they bounce back a lot quicker right. than the 75-year-olds. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Um, but both can benefit tremendously. So if you know that mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, and I've gotten shorter because that's what you do when you age. and You lose an inch or two. Guess what? You don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, or at least you can slow it down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, like um, women with osteoporosis and things like that, that's still safe to be yep. to be rolled. I mean, I want to know that, but right. yes, it's still right. safe. Yeah. yeah. And what about pregnant women? Pregnant women are awesome to work on. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so um, first of all, you can make the experience of pregnancy a lot more comfortable, mm-hmm. and second of all, you can make the experience of giving birth easier. Mm. So it's not a huge niche for me, but mm-hmm. the pregnant women I have gotten to work on, it's been really cool to see that. And I've also had people in my life who were like, you know, I got Rothman when I was pregnant and it was huge. Like it was my second baby was so much easier than my first. And I think that was why or whatever they have to yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So and also somebody who's, you know, like not used to being in their body, but available to it, like ready for it. Mm. It really is something where you, you, I, I hear this one a lot. Oh, that's a, I didn't even know I had that body part, basically. <laughs> you know, like, all right. um, it, it builds a kinesthetic awareness in a really powerful, beautiful way. Um, and I think that's also maybe why it goes so naturally with somebody, for instance, um, you know, going off their meds or, or um, quitting drinking or something like that is if you were numbing something that's there and then we can bring you back in there in a safe way, mm-hmm. um, in a contained way, that's, it's really, it's, it's a powerful thing. So that's, you know, fewer people are going to self-identify as, I really need to be in my body more. Most people are going to be like, I have this neck pain. Right. But um, nonetheless. Yeah, it's, that's a bonus. Of yeah. Being, being more connected and more grounded in your body. They, they do show up. I do have clients who are just like, I want to be more embodied. And I'm like, that's so great. <laughs> not working at Boulder. Yes. Totally. <laughs> Awesome. So first, so like a first timer, maybe they've had a friend who had been rolfed and maybe had a unpleasant experience as far as sensation wise. Mm. You're very good at working with, like you were saying early, mm-hmm. kind of meeting people where they are and not, yeah, and keeping that communication open because that I feel like that's really important, yeah. um, so that you know people aren't just taking it. Yeah, and, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I have an email I send out um, when I when I get a new client that gives some guidelines about you know communicate with me. And I also it's one of the first things I say when I when I um, have a new client on the table is so on a scale of one to ten, um, I'm happy to work at a seven or an eight, but I want to know that I'm there. And if you don't want me working at that intensity, you get to tell me, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, if it's a five and you're like, nope, guess what? That's your call. Mm-hmm. It's always within their purview. Um, some people are better about speaking up than others. And so I will check in and I'm watching what's happening on someone's face. I'm watching what the rest of their body is doing. I'm listening to their breath, you know, I'm pretty tuned. Mm-hmm. I, I hope 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if they don't tell me it's too much, sometimes I'll ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's also, it's interesting because a lot of people will be like, well, yeah, it hurts, but it also feels great. Hurts so good. <laughs> it hurts so good. I get that a lot. Um, and I have people who are like, oh my God, this is what I wanted massage to be. Mm-hmm. Like I hear that a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, and so we just always equate like pain with something bad. And, and some people have been like, well, so we shouldn't call it pain. We'll call it intensity. And I'm like, yeah, no people know it is pain. <laughs> yeah. That's been one thing that's kind of circulated around the physical therapy community is yeah. not even using the word pain, but different. Intensity, like, yeah, yeah. Like sensations, sensations yeah. and things like that, because that it has. It's such a good a, reframe. Yeah. It is a good reframe, but I think for some people they're like a little eye rolling. Like, yeah, pain is pain. Yeah. However, like if it also feels good, and you're like, yeah, but don't stop. Right. Then it is a different thing. Than, right. Than exactly. What most people think mm-hmm. of when they hear pain, mm-hmm. um, and that is the majority of my, like literally majority of my clients, to the point that sometimes um, I, it doesn't hurt them sometimes it just feels outright good mm-hmm. um, but I have some clients who are like yeah that doesn't hurt you can go harder and I'm like no it doesn't always have that to hurt I'm yeah. getting yeah. work done trust me <laughs> um, yeah but I, I, I get people who are nervous and um, I think I've had two people in the past six years for whom it was too much mm-hmm. and that's again you know within my range and I do try to communicate with people and mm-hmm. I on some people lighter than others but yeah um there are some people for whom it's too much but mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty rare are there things after a session um like how can someone get the most out of their treatment post-session do you do you do you instruct people to just chill out should they walk should they go back to their normal like recreational yeah. things like immediately have like Say the runner, yeah, and then you, you know, would you have them yeah. run that yeah. same day? I would prefer anything? that they didn't, um, and I'd also prefer that they tell me if they have to, mm-hmm. right? Um, so walking is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a piece of this that isn't just um, tissue; it's also the nervous system, right? So when people stand up after a rolfing session, they're often quite disoriented, and I have some magic tricks to help them feel more oriented before they walk out the door but part of what has happened is everything is different the way they move is different and the nervous system is like what just happened um and so walking is just an incredible low stress way for things to sort of be like oh this is the new movement that's available and this is what's different and walking is just great for us period so um that is probably my number one recommendation of course you know drink water we're here in colorado it's very dry and we're water hydrate mm-hmm. and walk mm-hmm. um if it was a particularly intense session i might you know see if they can avoid training for that marathon for a few days mm-hmm. or doing a really intense bout of exercise but some people are lifting weights like you know three to five times a week and that's just what they're going to do mm-hmm. um but yeah i do i do i always ask you know can you take it easy for the rest of the day or i often ask so do you like 24 hours or so would you say something something like that yeah um and depending on what happened in the session you know you want to see how you feel the next time you do whatever thing you're going to do that's higher stress right so if you go for a runner and you're lifting weights like be aware of what's different 
And, um, and if you have different lim- limits, honor those. You, your muscles may literally be working differently, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and it creates an opportunity, again, to pay attention yes. on purpose right. and be in your body. And yeah. it just kind of reinforces that whole um, cycle after every session. You can, can yeah. really just get a little bit deeper and more in touch with your yeah. body and kind of what does my body want right now? Does it want to go for a walk? Totally. Does it need, was that really intense? Do I need to just kind of meditate, chill yep. out? Yep. I have, I have one client who um, is just, he's an athlete. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, and he is so in tune with his body that every little change I make, he reports back the next session, like how he can move this differently now. Oh, <laughs> like that's everything. cool. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I don't have that very often. Most people are like, yeah, I, Felt different for a day. Yeah, with someone who's in their body, like, uh-huh. you know, all day, every right. day. Right, yeah. That's great. Um, so the 10 series, um, sessions last about 90 minutes or so, right? 75 to 90. 75 yeah. to 90 minutes. Honestly, for 10 series session, they're usually 90, yeah. Yeah. And then um, you sometimes take photos before and after photos, and there's mm-hmm. this huge difference in posture in general I mean you can ask anyone who's probably been rolf before it feels it feels amazing afterwards it's yeah. just so much freedom yeah um and just after one session so after the 10 um which is what's recommended and this is all kind of an mm-hmm. kind of an algorithm yeah it's a right? recipe they call it the recipe the recipe okay yeah. there you go yeah but um Dr. Ida Rolf came up with. She did, yeah, yeah, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it is, I mean, it kind of sounds like a marketing gimmick or something, but it's, I like, I love it. I mm-hmm. love working within that con, that context. Um, it gives us, it, it gives us a chance to address the whole body. So mm-hmm. there's no such thing as in a full body rolfing session, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't address the whole body, then whatever was impacting it in one area, um, spreads everywhere, right? So if it's somewhere in the body, it's everywhere in the body. It's one of the mm-hmm. things you hear a lot mm-hmm. in the Rolfing community. And so the 10 series is I a chance. That. Yeah. Well, it's true, yeah. right? Like we are, we are these sheets that mm-hmm. if you twist it, everything mm-hmm. has a response. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it's almost like a narrative too. It's almost like a story. So I don't care how good your notes are or how much you review them. By the time you're on the eighth session with somebody, it's hard to know what you've done the past eight sessions unless you're in this container where you know where you are in the storyline, so to speak. Mm. So it's it's just, you know, everybody's body is different and everybody needs something different with each session. But, um, but it's the same terrain. It's like, okay, if I'm on session five, I know what I just did in session four. I know what has been addressed already. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's um, it's the most fun way to work with people. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, like it's really fun. Yeah, and, and so sessions are typically, you want them fairly close together. You don't want to wait a couple months between tr- sessions. You don't want to wait a couple months. You want to um, try to keep them. Yeah, so so probably ideal is once a week. If you're a really adaptive, resilient person, um, a couple times a week is, is okay, is mm-hmm. doable. Mm-hmm. Um, once a week is probably ideal, you know, finances and life. 
once every two weeks, three weeks. The furthest I space them out is a month. Mm -hmm. And what I generally tell people is um, the biggest problem with that is actually that both I and they lose the plot and the sense of momentum. It's you forget it's a thing you're doing. Yeah, it's kind of like reading a book. Right. Like you were just saying with right. the narrative. Yeah. And, you know, you put the book down for a month yeah. and then you pick up and start the next chapter and you're like, what just, what just happened? Right. That last totally. Chapter? <laughs> totally. You know, yeah. That's interesting. We adapt to our new normal really, really quickly. Yeah. Um, Especially so, with the way our bodies are. Yeah. Just neurologically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I'm always kind of stunned results we get in a, mm-hmm. in a monthly 10 series mm-hmm. um, and part of that is that the body can catch up more fully in a month um, so uh, connective tissue is different from muscular tissue in that it will regenerate much more slowly over the course of months so if you do a 10 series with someone weekly it takes about two and a half months and their body will continue changing for another six to nine months and that's something that I like wow. It's like hard to believe a little bit. And then I'll see somebody come back who I haven't seen for six months and they finished a 10 series and they look even better. And I'm like, oh my God, it really works. You know, it's, it's wild. But so anyway, so when you have a monthly client, it's like they have, their body has integrated and adapted a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also probably a little bit of backsliding. It's hard to track, you know, but um, yeah, it's, it still works when you do it monthly. Beyond that, you really start to get into, I haven't tried it, but um, it feels like you're just going to lose too much ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Well, this is great. Um, we're running out of time. I really wish we had a little bit more time to talk about the other <laughs> awesome things that you do with the um, astrology and the family constellation work, but we'll have to save that for another time. I would love to talk for another half hour about <laughs> each know. of those things. Um, <laughs> so uh, people can find your website, skyandground.com. That's right. And are you any other way you want people to find you? Social media or anything like that? I am pretty social media phobic, if I'm honest. I don't blame you. I think I have a Facebook account still. Um, But yeah, no, I I really am not on the socials. Um, I have a mailing list. If people want to sign up for that, you can do that on the the website. Uh, And yeah, feel free to email Shoot me a text to say hi. Yeah. Great. All right. That's skyandground.com. Thank you, Jackie, for joining us Thank today. You. This was totally fun. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.